because you to to put them away and and you're not able to do it. Look, we didn't finish that last drive of the game like we wanted to, um, but yet we took it down to nine seconds to go with no timeouts, you know, and and so uh, it wasn't exactly what we were looking for, but it was it was fairly close, um, and I felt like that I felt like that. Uh, third down play, I was hoping that we were going to get a measurement on that. Coach, on the challenge flag, did you even have to consult with coaches upstairs or did you know immediately on the touchdown? No, I wanted to make sure that, that you know, our guys upstairs felt like it was a touchdown um, and and they they felt confident that it that it was. And and uh, so we threw the challenge flag there and, and uh, it was a good challenge, good win. Our, our guys upstairs did a good job there. And it seems like at times you guys have had a hard time just like buying a, a turnover uh, to get one in that really How about a huge one in a critical moment, big, in a big game? moment of the game right there. Like, yeah, what would you see on that play and, and for it to come at that at that time? Well, I, look, I think it was I think it was Roby that came, you know, over the top and, and uh, you know, top down punch out. We talk about it all the time in our in in in, uh, in our building that that's how the ball comes out in our league. Um, I thought he did a great job of uh, punching the ball out, and I believe it was Marcus May that was there to recover it. So, um, look, it was a huge play in the game. All right, I knew it was something like that, but <laughs> I knew it was two DBs back there. Yeah, appreciate it, Coach. I know you're a defensive guy. But you've given up uh, – the team has given up 200 yards against Atlanta both times, but yet y'all have won the game. What uh, what do you have to do as a coach to be able to put together a plan to stop this running game? Uh, listen, we need a win. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing – we all talk about running the ball, running the ball. Look, we did, I don't think we tackled as good as we needed to today. Okay. Um, but what they have, 80-something yards passing? So it's not about – do you stop the run? Do you stop the pass? Do you do this? Do you do that? Do you win? Um, and that's what we did today. And so their plan was to come in and run it, run it, run it, not try to put the young quarterback in difficult situations. Um, and and look, the runner, Algier, like he was, he was, I was impressed with him today. He's a he's a tough physical runner. Uh, but we did what we needed to do defensively to to win the game. He's done it all year consistently, but Jawan Johnson, another good game. Just describe, you know, his season and his improvement out there. Yeah, look, he's improved a lot. I mean, you know, he works he works tirelessly to to improve himself and improve his game. And um, you know, it's good to see when when guys work the way that he works, um, and and, and uh, give the type of effort that he gives. It's good to see, you know, him be, being able to kind of. Uh, reap the fruits of that labor. Um, and so it, that's, that's that's part of what you enjoy about coaching. Dennis, you, you're driving, you got an 11-point lead, you fumble. I mean, that, as a coach, is that stuff like that just drive you haywire? Yeah, well, it's part of what we just talked about when you have a chance to kind of, you know, put a team away. Um, you know, I think, what was it, 14 to 3 at that point in time, we have a chance to potentially – you know, potentially go up, you know, 21 to three uh, at that point in the game. So, yeah, I mean, we, we have to um, we have to protect the ball better in those situations, certainly. Dennis, was the uh, Taysom Hill TD pass to Shahid, was that 
first read on that play and was that one you wanted you drew up and wanted to get to early in this game this week for yeah, any particular look, reason just, you know it, there's some things that you do and in and what you don't know is exactly when Taysom gets lined up at the quarterback position you don't know exactly what you're gonna see every time um you know so we got the look that we were looking for um and look i think i think Shahid ran a great route. Um, like his speed is impressive. Uh, and and look, Taysom did a great job of putting the ball in the right spot just over the top of the safety. And, and um, you know, yeah, we got the look we were looking for and our guys executed. And that's really like, that's what, you know, good football is, is, is really all about. You know, it's, you know, it was a good play call, right? But the execution is what made it work. And that was, that was good to see. Were you surprised at all the uh, Alante Taylor interception was overturned? Um, no, I, I, I wasn't. Um, after I saw it on the on the big screen, I guess I, I wasn't sure if he caught it in real life, and then I saw it in the big screen, and I just didn't know if there was going to be enough to overturn it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's tough on that kid because, you know, I mean, he keeps making these plays, and yet – He's not getting credit for making these plays, but he's playing outstanding. I mean, he's playing, he's playing outstanding. Hey, Dennis, what, just what's the mood like in the locker room after after getting a win and just kind of getting off the schneid here, end of the season? Uh, it's it good. Here? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, it's hard to win in this league, and uh, so anytime you get one, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling, and we're gonna enjoy this. We've got about twenty four hours to kind of soak it in a little bit, and then. You know, we got a short week to get ready to go up to Cleveland. So, um, yeah, it was a good win. Our guys de deserve a lot of credit for battling the way that they they really they battled all year long, and and uh, they came out ready to play today, and and we made enough plays to win. Coach, back to Alante Taylor. Can you speak a little more to his preparation and to his performance in terms of how he anticipates, how he breaks on the ball, et cetera? Yeah. Look, I mean. Um, he shows up every day with his hard hat on, ready to go to work. And um, he listens to his coaches. Um, and he tries to do it exactly the way that he's being coached to do it. Um, and he works extremely hard on studying the opponent and, and knowing kind of the things to anticipate. And so, I mean, that's – yeah, I mean that's what we're looking for. We're looking for guys that that you know want to they want to be coached, they want to do it the right way, they want to play hard, they want to work hard, um, and he does that. And it's no it's it's not a surprise that he's able to go out and execute on Sundays because um, he puts in the preparation. Yeah, last week when we asked you about the film, the first thing you said was the guys played hard, and that was like the main thing that stood out. How important is it just to see that still like? in this situation, this game, and then your backs get, get against the wall and guys just keep fighting and, and trying to find ways to win. So I would tell you this. I would say that <clears throat> playing hard doesn't guarantee that you're going to win, but not playing hard guarantees that you won't win. And that's, you know, that's really like, you know, that's what this game's about, man. Like this game's about freaking effort and passion and energy and um, going out and giving everything you got. And so um, – I never, I never questioned whether our guys were going to do that or not. I mean, they've done it all year long. So um, I think they did it again today. 
uh, Dennis, you know, Alvin, the last few weeks has been, you know, limited in his involvement. Was there kind of a concerted effort to get him touches today? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and touches in a few different ways. And I think we got to continue to try to figure out creative ways to, you know, get him the ball and do some things with him and, um, you know, let him affect the game. All right, appreciate it. Welcome back into our Saints post game show. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by former Saints linebacker Scott Shanley. Break down this. Hey, what's going on, Huda Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast, uh, giving you all the State of the Saints podcast post-game show. Uh, thank you all so much for being here. This is the podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. Uh, Shouts out to everybody that may be new to the channel. Hopefully you won't be new by the end of this show. Uh, the Saints get the victory today over the Atlanta Falcons, sweeping the Atlanta Falcons 21-18. Uh, uh, to 18. The Saints... Uh, you know, squeak out a victory. Uh, the Saints go to five and nine, uh, the same record as the Atlanta Falcons. This makes the Atlanta Falcons in the basement and the Saints, uh, you know, second to last when in the NFC South. So this is this is pretty good stuff right here. You know, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. If you checked out the uh, the pregame uh, prediction show, I didn't think the Saints were going to win this football game. I would be quite honest with you, uh, not because. I felt like they wasn't going to play hard, uh, but because I just felt like, you know, maybe some things will possibly happen and, you know, they might end up being on the receiving end of an L, but they still got the victory today. Uh, they played well. I'm not going to lie. They they played well today. Uh, you know, they came out, uh, did something that we haven't seen since probably Drew Brees been around, and that is back-to-back, uh, you know, offensive possessions that end in touchdowns. Uh, Jawan Johnson played outstanding today. Uh, the Saints better sign this man. Um, uh, he, he definitely stepped up today. He definitely showed that uh, he, he can be a part of the future of this Saints offense. Uh, it was good to see Alvin Kamara get involved, you know, in the running game. Uh, they used Taysom Hill really well. Rashid Shahid, as I like to start calling him, Baby AB. Uh, I think he reminds me a lot of a young Antonio Brown when he first got into the league with his ability to be able to you know, return kicks and, you know, flip the field and also make good plays. And he was a decent route runner at that stage of his career when he first came out of West, Western Michigan. So kind of reminds me of that. But Rashid Shahid uh, led the receivers uh, to date. I mean, it was an outstanding performance, man, even with Andy Dalton. Like, you can talk about Andy Dalton all day, but Andy Dalton uh, put the ball where it needed to be in order for the playmakers to make to make plays. And I like the fact that he put the ball where it needed to be where guys can get yards after the catch. So, I mean, all in all, this was a great performance by the New Orleans Saints in the first half. Uh, but when it came to the second half, that's when things started to get a little bit iffy. Uh, you know, the Saints' run defense is was terrible today. Uh, Tyler Algier, I mean, ran all over them boys. I think he's still running. Uh, you know, Cadell Patterson is Cadell Patterson. You know he's a tough guy. He's going to fight for those extra yards. 
uh drake london had a pretty good game but you have to give credit where credit is due alante taylor i mean the dude is the future of this team and i honestly would say i feel bad to uh for paulson adebo but there's no way in hell paulson adebo is going to be the number two cornerback going into the season next year when you got marshawn Lattimore and alante taylor playing the way that he is i mean you still probably got to play for uh, paulson adebo on the team but there's no way in the world that you're going to put this dude out here uh over Alante Taylor. Alante Taylor had the tough task going against Drake London. It's clear that Drake London and Desmond Ritter have a good rapport. I mean, Drake London made some plays and so did Alante Taylor. Alante Taylor finds himself always around the ball. Should have had a pick six, uh, you know, on the in the red zone. Uh he jumped in front of the ball. Uh should have been picked. Uh, it was another interception that he he could have had. Uh, you know, went right through his hands and then he caught one, but he didn't drag the second foot down. So, I mean, Alante Taylor was all over the field, and it's good to see this guy progressing every single week, and this is exactly what you need uh, going forward, a guy that has a dog mentality, a guy that doesn't matter who he's going up against, no matter if the guy is the most average receiver possible or he's an elite wide receiver. He he does not shy away from the challenge. And I, just, I honestly think the, the, the injury to Marshawn Lattimore kind of came as a blessing in disguise because – it gave Alante Taylor opportunities to go up against some of the elite receivers. So around this time next year, when he has the opportunity to go up against some of these other guys, I mean, it, it, you know, the lights wouldn't be as bright versus him probably be going into that situation for the first time next year because Marshawn Lattimore played the majority of the season. But I mean, it was it was a, a good win by the New Orleans Saints. But this doesn't like dissolve Dennis Allen, in my opinion. I still think that he's a lame duck coach. Uh, I think that he's sitting up there grandstanding. I find that hilarious. Uh, I just think that it's not so much about at, at this particular point, I'm gonna be real with you. I know a lot of people are saying that, oh, if the team quits on him, then you know that means that's an indication of oh that he lost the locker room. But the more I think about it, the more I just realize that the Saints just got a hell of a hell of a locker room of good, high character guys. And then regardless if Dennis Allen got fired in the middle of the season or he would, you know, he would continue to coach this team. I still feel like it will still be the same result. These guys will go out here and play hard. Uh, Dennis Allen, um, you can say what you want to say, you know, uh, try to defend him in this in this regards, but all I got to say is this game was closer than what it needed to be, and it had a lot to do with Dennis Allen's defense. And this is the guy that's supposed to be the defensive guru, but if the Atlanta Falcons would have squeaked out a victory today, you would have had to look no further uh, than Dennis Allen's defense not being able to stop the run. And no, this doesn't absolve uh, Dennis Allen of anything. I mean, honestly, this game right here, with no I'm telling you, based on like the high character guys, these high character guys are saving this dude job. Has absolutely nothing to do with him losing the locker room because quite frankly, I don't think he's ever going to lose the locker room. I just think that they're going to continue to play hard. They're just going to continue to fall short because that's the type of locker room that they built. But the, the general manager and the Saint Trust are going to look at these type of games and say, well, Dennis Allen has still got this team fighting and it's going to be get rounds for him to keep his job. So I think at this particular point, I think we just need to realize that it's more than likely that this dude going to end up keeping his job. So it's just a matter of what players are going to be able to come back and what coaches are going to be aligned with him in order for the Saints to be successful in 2023. Because I, at this point, based on a victory today, I just think that they're probably just going to, use this as leverage to try to keep this guy around nobody really wants to see dennis allen as the head coach of the saints next year nobody wants to see this the morale is still low 
And honestly, you're going to have to convince Saints fans that there's something to cheer about or something to spend their money on next year if you bring back Dennis Allen. It's just that simple. And, you know, you got some people out here that's talking about, you know, don't be negative. You know, yo, we won the game today, blah, blah, blah. Look, this is the problem I have with Saints fans in my humble opinion. Some of y'all, not all of y'all. Y'all want me to defecate on the team when they lose and talk about how bad Dennis Allen is and talk about how the team just not prepared. And then all of a sudden when they win, if I start bringing up those same problems, oh, man, you being extra negative, you being critical of the team. Look, this team has a problem, folks. I know they won today, but they still have a problem. And, and honestly, you you they they should have won by more. They should have won by more. If, if we're trying to be, if we're going to be real, they should have won by more. If, if Alante Taylor would have had to pick six, if David Johnson didn't fumble the football in the red zone, then we probably would be talking about a game that that was just so insurmountable because the way that Desmond Ritter, what he was asked to do, combined with them relying solely on the running game, I'm talking Atlanta. This game wouldn't have been close. But that's the only problem that I have, man. Like, don't don't sit up here and just say, oh, well, you being extra critical because the Saints won. Uh, and then all of a sudden when they lose, you expect for me to, you know, you won't roll up a chair and just want me to read the team to riot act. It's not a good football team still. I mean, they won the day, but they beat a team that's not good either. So here we are. You know, here we are. They can continue to make it interesting. Of course, I like the fact that they're still fighting. I like the fact that I'm seeing guys – uh, young guys step up and, and take advantage of the moments, but this 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 is not this is not absolved them of being a good football team by any stretch. This this is still a, a bad football team in my opinion that's poorly coached, and you know they won the day, but the way the trend is going, they'll probably win the day and lose next week. I mean, it's just that simple. Like I said, I hate, I ain't trying to just be negative just to be negative, but that's the reality. Like we can't just sit up here and just read the team to riot act when they lose. And then all of a sudden when they win, we want everybody to be quiet and then want to infiltrate the chat and talk about, well, man, you got to keep having faith. Nah, bro, bump that. It's not a good football team. It's not a good football team, man. And I'm not one of those guys that just sit up here and just be okay. Oh, man, we won, so I'm all right. No, I want this team to have sustainable success. I want this team to have sustainable success. I want this team to continue to win on a consistent basis where it's not a surprise, like how it used to be. Like when Drew Brees was here when the Saints won, it was it was a uh, it was what we what we expected. It was the expectation, but now it's like if the Saints win, we just taking it for what it is. And I'm not trying to be like one of those teams where I'm just looking for wins and I just take it any way I want. Like no man, the Saints have an opportunity, in my opinion, to try to look at what they have this season and try to correct the mistakes that they made that started in the offseason with bad moves, bad aggressive draft, uh, you know, trades and. All these other things going on here. So that's the way I feel about the team. I'm happy they won the day, of course, because I'm a Saints fan. But look, I'm not going to sit up here and, and throw a parade because this team uh, got uh, their fifth win of the season, right? I'm, I'm just not because uh, this this doesn't resolve the 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 ineptitude of what I've seen this season. It, it's, it's that simple. But I'm going to read some of your comments. It's not going to be a long show, folks. Uh, you know, I got a, a few things I got I got to work on uh that's uh that's radio station related so uh i apologize this won't be one of those longer shows i will be reading comments um tomorrow um you know i'm gonna do a show i'll do a final reaction and then i'll, I'll take calls on that show all right but I, i'm going to read comments and i'm going to get your thoughts about the game and, and your feelings and your views on that all right it says elante taylor is a, a debo's replacement yeah pretty much like i i don't see i don't see how you look at this kid and and 
make him a backup cornerback after what you've seen like this dude has had the tough task of going up against some of the best receivers in the league and uh he didn't shy away from it some some matchups he he lost you know and, and some matchups he won i mean he battled today against drake london and quite frankly i mean i wouldn't be mad to seeing that in the future and uh, i can see why the atlanta falcons are very high on drake london because that dude is he, he's a special player man he, he has some he has some Michael Thomas moments out there. He has some Michael Thomas moments. So I, I can see why they're excited about what they see out of Drake London. You know, I think the more he grows and the better, the, the more him and Desmond Ritter starts to, uh, you know, develop a level of rapport, which they have, I think they're going to be good. And honestly, man, you know, I think Desmond Ritter, I think Desmond Ritter is pretty good. I, I just think that it was just his first start. And of course you probably have some nerves and, and I think that the game plan that the Atlanta Falcons came out there with, I think it was a terrible game plan, and it, and it got them behind. I'm glad that it, it happened that way because it kind of played right into the Saints' hands. Uh, I don't know what the scouting report was. I don't know what the heck was going on with that. But, uh, you know, the fact that they came out there trying to throw the ball down the field instead of trying to run the ball with Tyler Adjir from the beginning, I think it kind of just cost them the game because the Saints were able to get up and, that's when you got the crowd involved and the defense was able to make some stops. And, you know, that was just a problem. But, I, I you know, Desmond Ritter and uh, Drake London might be a problem for years to come for the New Orleans Saints. That's why the Saints better do what they need to do in 2023 to make sure that they have something that's going to be able to counteract uh, the future uh, young Atlanta Falcons. Says, I wouldn't resign, uh, resign any of the D-line or our run defense is awful. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. And the fact that, excuse me the atlanta falcons offensive line isn't even really that good but they they got beat up like they slapped them boys around and i mean a lot of crack black uh crack back uh runs you know like they was they was they was getting them boys off their spot and, and the saints to me i just think that they, their front they, they need to change some things up you know i know they got some tall long lengthy guys but that's not the way that nfl is running right now you know, you need some guys that, that's kind of athletic, you know, that's on that defensive line that's going to be able to run sideline to sidelines. But I will say this, the Saints have something. Um, I think that the Saints may need to explore possibly changing up. I know they play a lot of, uh, you know, different type of three, four defense and stuff like that. Well, you know, say a lot of, lot of you know, three safety uh, sets. But I think the Saints need to change it up and maybe go to a four, three, because I've seen a lot of promise where you had the Mario Davis, Caden Ellis and P Warren on the field. You was able to, you know, be able to get those guys running sideline to sidelines. And I seen some of these guys making plays. So I think the Saints may need to to maybe convert to more of a four-three defense where you can have all three of your linebackers on the field versus like having those three safety sets where you have Evans, uh, Matthews, uh, PJ Williams, Matthews, and May on the field. You know, I just think that maybe you need to maybe change that thing up. You know, I know they play a lot of nickel, uh, but I, I just think that you're probably doing yourself a disservice if you don't have these three linebackers on the field for the most part, because these guys are running, these guys are playing really, really well. And uh, I just think that you don't need to keep them on the sideline. So I think the saints may need to explore possibly, uh, you know, converting and changing to a, a four, three defense. Uh, let's see. JP says we all want success, but you know what fans since 1986 been through worse than this season. No parade still got to uh, watch bucks, but trust we will get in. Oh uh, no, I'm no, nah, we not getting in, bro. Like I'm sorry, we not getting in. Like that, I mean, it ain't happening, bro. Like I'm, I'm just being real. Like I would be shocked, like utterly, utterly shocked that if the Saints get into the playoffs, it ain't happening, bro. Like 
I, I don't want anybody to let this win like cloud your judgment. They like all they need now is just for you know the Bucks to win one more game or Carolina win a game. Like you, you, you are asking for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to basically lose three of the next four games and the Carolina Panthers to lose all the rest of their games. I I don't I don't see that happening. I, I don't see that happening. You know, I, I do not see that happening at all. Um that bro, I, I just don't see that happening. I, I I don't like I, I think that sometimes like we think that our, our loyalty is based on um you know saying that the team is gonna win, you know, and if we're not, then it, it, it questions our loyalty for the team. But look, I'm not that delusional. Like, seriously, I'm not that delusional. If the Saints made the playoffs, I, bro, I, I would be highly shocked. Highly. But it's good to get this window. Now we need Tampa to lose to the Bengals. Landry is a bust. No fire in this guy except one game. Yeah, yeah, Jarvis Landry needs to go. Jarvis Landry needs to go. I don't know if he's saving himself to next year. Or he just plainly is simply washed. Um, but I think that we've seen enough of Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry uh is washed uh I, I don't know if it's just that injury and he just out there giving it the old college try i don't know but um uh, what like he had, he's on a one-year deal and i'd be highly shocked if anybody signs him again like seriously like it'd be it'd be shocking if a team signs him again if they do it's probably gonna be like late in the season when a wide receiver or something like that go down and you need somebody else to come in and maybe you'll sign jarvis landry but jarvis landry looked terrible he looked old he looked beat up he looked like he running with a piano on his back. I mean, I, I don't know. It just, I mean, Fall the Time is undefeated. Saints win, Falcons and Panthers lose. And uh, now we got the uh, Buccaneers to lose for the completion. Well, look, they playing the Cincinnati Bengals in Tampa. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, Tampa, to me, doesn't have a home field advantage. You know, I just think they're a bunch of casual fans who just kind of got together and we all like Brady. And, you know, so we're going to cheer for Brady. But I, I look at this team like they they are susceptible to losing. I don't think that they're very good. I think that Tom Brady is washed. I think that people don't want to have this conversation because he is Tom Brady. But Tom Brady is not what he used to be. And Joe Burrow, we all know he has the warrior spirit. So unless... The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is about to force this man to throw about four interceptions. Joe Burrow is going to do what Joe Burrow does. Let's see. D.A., boy, this dude should never have uh, gave that job, This uh, gave him this coaching job. Uh, let's see. Wasn't really uh, done uh, the right way, in my opinion. If they fire him, I bet they search for uh, and interview several coaches this time. Yeah, you know, I just think that it had a lot to do with uh, keeping, keeping, uh, keeping everybody in place, keeping the the job, you know, it, too familiar. You know, what I'm saying keeping it familiar, uh, you know, making sure that they just keep the same type of, uh, you know, coaches on the staff. So I think that had a lot to do with them hiring, uh, you know, Dennis Allen. But I, I, I honestly feel like, you know. You, you got to get away from this whole uh, Sean Payton, uh, you know, mind frame. You know, I just think that, they, like, the Saints don't really recognize so uh, – they don't recognize su success, right, uh, that much. You know, like, you have, like, a few more years, but for the most part, it was it, it was Sean Payton. And, and Sean Payton, 
uh you know represents success so they want to keep every anything that was familiar or, or recognizable but i just think that as as successful as uh, sean payton was as a head coach you know it, it doesn't mean that you can't find another guy that's going to give you you know certain levels of success and i mean dennis allen to me I, I think that the dude wants to you know be successful i think that he he tries really hard to try to make sure that he he you know he gets the team in place, but I just think that he's in over his head. I, I do. I just think that he's in o over his head. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, let me see. Uh, Alante has swagger and talent. Uh, a steal in the second round. Yeah, I mean the dude has it all. He has everything that you that you uh act for, you know, in 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 a player. You know, I think that a lot of people kind of raised an eyebrow uh, and they just wondered to themselves, like, you know, why would the Saints draft this, you know, a cornerback in the second round when you have CJ Garner, Johnson, Paulson, Adebo, Bradley Roby? Like, why would you bring this guy in? But as we all can see, I mean, this was a, a really good decision. I hate to say it, but the team won't beat anyone in the playoffs this year anyway. <laughs> Fire Zesty DA. <laughs> Let's see. Carmichael's been knowing for years how to use Kamara. At some point, Kamara has to take some blame for his play. Look, I'm gonna be like this. I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 100% real with you. Um, if the Saints are gonna continue to use Alvin Kamara, even though he has success today, if you're gonna continue to use Alvin Kamara like this, I, I look. It's best for you to try to trade this dude away. I'm serious. Like, look, we we can talk about Alvin Kamara all day, but let's just let's just call a spade a spade. The way that the Saints have been asking this dude to be offensively productive is is unconventional. It, I mean, it, it is not the way that Alvin Kamara has had sustainable success. You know, like a lot of the stuff with stretch plays, or toss plays, or choice routes, screen plays. And the Saints have basically eliminated that from their off, off, offensive arsenal. And now we expect for this dude to run like, you know what I'm saying, with three yards of cloud of dust like he Jerome Bennett's a, a, a Jerome, you know what I'm saying, Taylor or something. I mean, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what, you know what I'm saying, what they expect for this dude to be. And I and honestly, people being critical of him, I don't expect, I don't understand what you want from him. Like, we expect for this dude to just to be great at every particular thing, but they're not putting this dude in a position to succeed. You got trash offensive line play. Like, these dudes stay getting pushed back in, 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 in the pocket, and he, he gets hard for him to find lanes. Anybody that's been a running back or seen a running back, man, that is frustrating. That is frustrating for a guy to know, you know what I'm saying, that, Okay, as soon as I get this ball, these dudes gonna be in the backfield. There was one play. I want to say it was they gave the ball to Alvin Kamara as soon as Alvin Kamara got the ball. 
that linebacker, I want to say it was Malone out of Western Michigan, was right there in his face. Like, because James Hurst missed the block. He whiffed on the block. And it was several times where they'll probably have jumbo packages and they still can't get an extra yard. I mean, look no further than the last two plays, offensive plays of the New Orleans Saints, when they couldn't get a freaking yard. Like, we, we sit up here like, man, what's going on with them? You know, like, the thing about it is, how can a person succeed when you're basically making him something that he has not been the entire time he's been in New Orleans? Where are the screenplays? Where are the choice routes? That's all I'm saying. What, what are we talking about? Like, it, it's hard for a guy to, you know, be playing in a, you know what I'm saying, you play in a base formation like that, like, they got nine in a box. You know what I'm saying? And ain't, you know for a fact, like, your offensive line ain't going to be able to ain't gonna be able to block these dudes. Now, you found success today, but I'm just saying, 20 carries with 80-some-odd yards? Like, that ain't the way you're supposed to use Alvin Kamara. And honestly, if you're going to use Alvin Kamara like that, you might as well trade him. You might as well trade this dude and, and allow him to go somewhere. I don't know. Maybe go, make a deal with the Rams or something. I don't know. Where they could probably utilize him the way that he needs to be utilized. But if you're going to have this dude running up against brick walls every time, then, you know, like you might as well just go ahead and trade him for, you know, and, and, and allow him to go out there and every same fan that's talking about what's wrong with him, allow yourself to be angry and ticked off when you watch him in another offense be extremely successful and you wondering to yourself why the Saints traded Alvin Kamara. Like, seriously, they, like P. Carmichael, the way that he's been running this offense does not have Alvin Kamara's best interest at heart. What the New Orleans Saints need to do, to me, if you're going to keep Dennis Allen around, you cannot keep Dennis Allen around and keep P. Carmichael too. You got to find yourself an offensive play caller that's going to be able to allow Alvin Kamara to be Alvin Kamara because this isn't this isn't Alvin Kamara and you know th are there times where Alvin Kamara I feel like kind of gives up on plays when he could probably fight for extra yards yes do I feel like you know what I'm saying he, he he running out of bounds sometimes when he need to cut it up yes but for me to sit up here and just say that I don't understand why this dude isn't playing at the level we're used to I, I just think that that's just completely insane like that, that's that's completely insane like it's obvious like do y'all see this offensive line have y'all seen this old line they trash they are trash they are not good man you you got a few bright spots on this team i think i think you found success going up the middle today thank god eric mccoy is back but bro you you, you gonna man you gonna run this dude into the ground you playing this dude like this and you, you basically gonna shortchange yourself from offensive success because this dude could give you so much he can give you so much if you allow him to you know to make plays and scheme him to make plays but uh, this dude is not a bruiser back this is not Derek Henry this is not Bo Scarborough this is not Jerome Bettis like this isn't Jamal Williams this isn't like one of those classic bruising backs this isn't Earl Campbell we talking about here we talking about Alvin Kamara can he run up the middle yeah for the most part but can he run up the middle consistently for 20 carries and fight for extra yards like this? Heck no. Not all the time. You're going to wear this dude down to the ground. And, and you're going to shortchange yourself by not utilizing this dude's skill set. And the next thing you know, two, three years down the line, he's going to be on, around 30 years old and 
all that productivity that you could have had, you ain't got because you're trying to make him something that he's not. The landlord, thank you very much for five dollars. Said AK is not Derrick Henry; he shouldn't be expected to play Henry style. Thank you, thank you, Josh. I mean, that's pretty much that's plain and simple. Like I said, he can run up the middle, but come on, man, like that, that's just that you're not going to have success with Alvin Kamara running up the middle like that. I quit that show if I was Shannon. Uh, he was carrying that show in terms of entertainment for years. When let Skip disrespect me like that? Uh, yeah, you know. I guess we talking about that whole uh first uh I mean undisputed thing. You know, all, all I'm saying is this, man. Um, I said this before. It's just funny to me how Skip Bayless is quick to try to, you know, come come through with the low blows and, and talk about Shannon Sharp and all that kind of stuff. But like I said, that whole Jalen Rose situation came down, they had to they had to take a commercial break. Because when Jalen Rose brought up him averaging 1.6 yard, I mean 1.6 yard, 1.6 points per game in basketball when he was playing JV as a junior, you know, all of a sudden like he got mad and was talking about oh that wasn't fair and that wasn't right and I'm like man you just sit up here and just try to you know do a low blow because you know Shannon was at your neck about Tom Brady who was playing bad, but I mean that's another story for another day, man. I mean me me personally. Yeah, I probably, you know what I'm saying? I probably would be thinking about going on the greener pastures because here's the reality. Uh, it's not like Shannon Sharp like can't find another lane. And I'm pretty sure like if Shannon Sharp was to leave undisputed, like he would take his crowd along with him. I mean, he has his podcast called Club Shay Shay, where he interviews one person per week, and it's pretty doggone good, you know. Like he he's had these sit-down one-on-one interviews with people and he does a really good job. So it's not like if Shannon Sharp was to leave undisputed and maybe like kind of do his own debate thing or have his own show on Fox Sports 1 opposite of uh you know opposite of uh Skip Bayless that he wouldn't find success because people tuned in to, to see what Shannon Sharp has to say more so than you know, what Skip has to say uh let me see TJ did you see oh, I already already read but yeah I seen that <coughs> let's see uh why not run Eno Benjamin instead of David Johnson? That's crazy. No, it's not, man. Like, how is, look, all I got to say is, I, I knew it. Like, we got to be careful with this. We got to be very, very careful with some of the takes that we have and not being prisoners of the moment. Now, I understand that David Johnson fumbled. I do. You don't want to fumble the football. But I understand why the Saints ran that and they needed one yard. I understand why they went with David Johnson because before that fumble, he was running pretty well. And it only was a bad play because he fumbled. And he got the first down. You know, so if he would have fell to the ground and then fumbled the football, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We only looking for Eno Benjamin because David Johnson fumbled. David Johnson, for the most part, was running really well, and I understood the play call. It made sense. It was successful. He just fumbled the football. If he would have fell down to the ground, we wouldn't be talking about no Eno Benjamin. We would have been talking about David Johnson. Man, he run the ball pretty well. We got something here. So... I'm not going to criticize the New Orleans Saints for that. I thought it was a smart play. I thought based on what David Johnson and how he was running in the game, I thought that, it, you know, it, it was a fair it was a fair uh, uh, play selection. And, you know, I'm just looking at it. I mean, what, he had four carries for 12 yards, so he averaged about three yards a carry. So, I mean, he was, he was you know, getting those extra yards, especially uh, since we know this offensive line was trash. So I don't want to sit up here and be asking and bringing out nobody else because, you know, David Johnson – 
we didn't know what he what he was. We didn't know what we had, you know, when he came out there. So for me to just say, oh man, they should have went with Eno Benjamin is just for the simple fact that that David Johnson fumbled the football in, in, in the red zone. And I can understand you got to hold on to the football, but to me, that decision made sense because He's a big physical guy, and he got the first down. So I'm, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. We we only asking for the alternative and a backup quarterback and a backup running back and a backup offensive line when a guy makes a mistake at that particular position. Now we're looking for the other guy. So, I, look, Eno Benjamin just got to the team. I don't know exactly what you would expect for him to do. You know, I, I don't know if you expect for him to, like, break one for 70 yards or lean full for a couple yards just like david johnson did i don't know all i know is it was a smart it was a smart decision and based on how david johnson was running the fo uh, football i understood it and if david johnson wouldn't have fumbled the football then i think that the saints would have had a good three-headed uh monster type uh you know backfield today with Taysom, Kamara, and david johnson don't forget atlanta was without their defensive coordinator yeah i remember that you know yeah DEPs, uh, unfortunately, you know, took a shot uh, from a Saints, uh, you know, Saints special teams player. You know, when he was trying to field the kick, he got concussed. Uh, and, you know, he had to go to the hospital. And that's that's unfortunate, you know. And I'm pretty sure there's probably some Atlanta Falcons podcast right now getting mad and saying if DEPs was, was on the sidelines, then they would have beat the Saints because their defense would have been ready. The defense was not the issue today about with the Atlanta Falcons. Let's just make that plain and simple right now because they played, for the most part, they played pretty well. So it wasn't because, it, it wasn't because of the defense. It wasn't because of their defense is why they lost today. So I'm pretty sure you're probably going to roll up on the Atlanta Falcons podcast and they're going to be trying to use that as an excuse. You lost. You lost today. It's very simple. The Saints uh, went up 14 to nothing and they was able to kind of, you know, add some points in later on down the stretch and it, it was insurmountable in a way that, uh y'all were asking Desmond Ritter to play and and how you was laying on the running attack it, it just didn't pan out so I want to make that simple I want to make that very plain and very simple do I feel like if DEPs was on the sidelines would the Atlanta Falcons would have won this game nope I don't no I don't I don't think that he has anything to do with the outcome of, of this game I think that the guy who was his back you know the backup uh, uh called the plays defensively today I think he did a good job and I think he did good enough for the Atlanta Falcons to try to squeak out a victory. So, and honestly, you know, if it wasn't for that Drake London fumble, maybe we probably would have been talking about the Atlanta Falcons in victory. So, I, I, I'm not using that as an excuse because it wasn't it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault that they uh, end up, uh, you know, losing the game. I think that they defense played well. Anybody else drunk besides me? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Pretty pretty sure somebody around this day probably had something to drink thank y'all i'm filled with emotion right now uh what's going on chosen what do you mean what, what's going on uh let's see chosen one in the world i'm here for you chosen let's see uh hey tj crazy how saints defensive line could get soft a lot of the times yeah i mean look they, they were soft as cottonelle tissue today uh i think it has a lot to do with the talent base and also think it has a lot to do with the age you know like man you got to get younger and you got to get with it when it comes to the waves of the NFL. Like having these statue quarterbacks, I mean, it, it's not working no more. Having a running back that's just able to do one particular thing ain't working anymore. And having defensive linemen that are just tall and long and can't do anything else and chase down these these uh, quarterbacks and chase down these running backs, I mean, you're going to end up being lost with the times. 
And I just think that the way that the Atlanta Falcons were running the football and the way that the New Orleans Saints defense is structured, I just think that, you know, it's just time for them to try to upgrade. I'm not bringing back Anyamata. I like him a lot, but I'm not bringing him back. I'm not bringing back Malcolm Roach or Shai Tuttle. I'll bring back Contavious Street. I'll bring him back, you know, as, as a rotation guy. He had a good game today. But you, you need to get uh, faster and you need to get a little bit more athletic, you know, on the line. I mean, I don't know what happened between last year and this year, but the Saints' uh, defensive front sucks. They, they they suck right now. Like they 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 are getting they are getting slapped around. And I'm not buying that whole thing about Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen up here talking about well, it is all about winning at the end of the day. Yeah, you can believe that if you want to. That's the reason why you're winning one and you're losing one. Because if you just cared about oh we look like trash stopping a run today, but at least we got the win. That's the kind of stuff that desperate teams do and desperate coaches that try to keep their job. That's what they say. All right, but when it comes down to stopping a run. You need to try to do that consistently or you're not going to have sustainable success. See, he up here trying to coach for tomorrow. He coaching for his life. But we trying to we talking about sustainable success. That's what that's what matters. You got to be able to stop the run and you cannot have the same situations happening over and over again and expecting for you to be able to have win after win after win. Like it's only a matter of time before you lose another one because you didn't you didn't fix anything. You didn't fix anything. You just squeaked out a victory. Congrats to Chosen. Thank, uh, thank you for the 199. Let's see, TJ, what are the top three adjustments you would make in terms of rosters and the coaching staff? Look, um, very simple. I'm getting rid of Pete Carmichael if I'm keeping Dennis Allen. You know, I, I, if I'm keeping Dennis Allen, I'm getting rid of Pete Carmichael. I'm trying to find me somebody that's going to be able to be innovative, somebody that's going to allow my playmakers to make plays, that's going to understand that, you know, Chris Olave can, you know, he, he he don't just have to make plays in little soft cover situations. He can take the top off the defense. He can do a multifaceted things. I'm looking for somebody, once again, Alvin Kamara. Not only can he run the ball up the middle, but stretch plays, choice routes, trying to get, get the Saints offensive line involved. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's what I'm looking at. Offensive line, look, man, I, I don't know what it is, but them boys soft. They soft, okay? I, I, I'm keeping Ramchek because I signed him. I'm keeping Ruiz. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like the light came on. Keeping McCoy, you already extended him. But there were other people on the line, like the Peets and the James Hurts and all these boys right there. Man, get these boys off my sideline. Trevor Pennant, I'll let that slide because this was just his third game and he's trying to find his way, you know, to, you know, and probably still trying to get himself back into some real physical cardiovascular shape. So, but James Hurts and Andrews Pete need to get off my sidelines. Seriously, you know what I'm saying? They need to find some 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 physical bruising offensive linemen. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that ain't gonna take no stuff that's gonna be around this thing, be some maulers. All right. That's that's what you definitely need because you need to be able to run the football. Because regardless if you try to keep Andy Dalton next year or Jameis Winston or whoever, you know what I'm saying? You gotta have somebody that's gonna be able to rely on the running game. And the Saints running game ain't it. The defensive line is another place that I look. And last but not least, the safety position. Like Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, much respect to those brothers, but they ain't it. They ain't it. They ain't it. You're, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing with them. Seriously. Them, I don't know if it's the way that the Saints are playing defensively or what, but can we get somebody that, that can resemble kind of what Marcus Williams was? I mean, when they get their hand on the football, can we please get somebody to be able to catch the ball for an interception? The way Taylor been playing, do you think he starts opposite Lattimore? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Like there, there's not a doubt in my mind. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that that they can say to me that will justify him not being a starter next year, based on what I seen. The Bayou boys survived the inevitable one more week. I'm surprised you don't have alcoholic uh poison at this point. <laughs> Did Kamara get hurt? He's a star running back and he's super strong for his size. Uh, when was the last time Kamara had over 20 yards carry? Sometimes a running back gets a lot of carries. That's just how it is. Yeah, look, I just think that a, a lot, look, a lot of the plays and a lot of the things that, that Sean Payton ran, it was, it, it allowed Alvin Kamara to have space in the open field in order for them to make people miss. And not to mention, they had better offensive line play. You know, when you have, when you're not scheming the guys open, when you're not having good offensive line play, you're, these things are going to happen. And you're going to have like Saquon Barkley type games where, you know, you're probably, you know, get tackled for, you know, gain of two yards, gain of two yards, gain of two yards. Then you might break one for about 20 or 30 yards and, and your stat line might look a little bit respectable, but you ain't really do nothing outside that big run. So I just think that it is a combination of things. I, I think that the offensive line and the play calling has been, you know, the reason why Alvin Kamara has not been the running back that we are accustomed to seeing. TJ, the Andrews Pete uh, contract looking about as bad as the Jarius Berwin. Yeah, man, I, I just, look, I just think Andrews Pete is soft. Do I think that Andrews Pete is decent as offensive lineman? Yes, at, at run at run blocking. But I just feel like when you want to play the offensive line position, I just think that you have to have a screw loose. I think that you have to have a level of nastiness and he just does not check those boxes for me. You know, I just think that if a guy, you know, can can come into the game and he's a little bit physical and maybe talking to him, getting in his head, I don't know what the heck going on. But I just think that he can get pushed around. I would like like a person that has like a, a Jason Kelsey type mentality. I know you ain't getting Jason Kelsey, but if we can get somebody that's mean and nasty, you know, somebody, you know, like Trevor Penning is, you know, like somebody like that. And I just think that that's what you need on the offensive line. And that's what the Saints have been missing. These guys are getting pushed around and abused uh, by defensive line. It, it is it is embarrassing to see. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to watch. Uh, you in town, I'm down. Or if we do a trip, I'm down. Uh, losing Armstead was huge. Of course. I mean, Teron Armstead was all pro, an incredibly talented left tackle. And, you know, he deserves the money that he got out in Miami. But that's just the business of the National Football League. When guys – play uh beyond their contracts uh you know teams are looking for them. and sometimes you know the business won't allow a team uh to be able to bring a guy back and that was just one of those cases uh you showed right and i was uh one of them man was i wrong you know we, i don't know exactly what we're talking about with that draft a quarterback first then a running back then a wide receiver man i honestly it, I, i'm down with the quarterback if you want to draft the quarterback first but look they, they need help on an interior line they they really did do man this was this this was like the worst year uh you know to give up that pick you know first it's like a fifth round i mean it's like a fifth pick in the draft so you were able to get some yourself somebody like a generational talent on the defensive line you know i ain't too like i i honestly feel like and i know some people might disagree with me with this but if the saints got a top five pick I wouldn't have been mad at them if they got somebody on the interior line. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they would have got somebody in on the interior that was, you know, a generational talent, 
I wouldn't have got mad at it if they would have chose that over a quarterback. Because right now you need somebody that's going to come in that's going to be able to wreak havoc. Like Cam Jordan can't lead the team anymore. You know, and Marcus Davenport, he was supposed to be the successor and a guy that's supposed to lead the Saints, you know, post uh Cam Jordan when he decides to step down or move on, but it hasn't worked out. And you can't just keep on relying on a guy and hoping that he he he, he finally breaks through. You know, it's been long enough. Like we've seen enough of Marcus Davenport to know that most likely he ain't about to be it. Uh, Jerry says, how about the MEAC? Yeah, man, the MEAC got it done. You know, knocked off Jackson State <coughs> in a celebration bowl. That was a heck of a game, though. You know, it was a heck of a game. I'm not mad at that, you know. And, I mean, look, it'll be one thing if they lost, like, how they lost with South Carolina State last year, 31 to 10. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that game was, what, a, a tight end drop? And an extra point away from going into another overtime. So I can live with that. You know, I can live with that. So I can accept that. I'm not mad at that they lost, you know, at all. You know, they, they had a good season. Uh, I think North Carolina Central, them boys was out there and they, they wanted it. And, uh, you know, all these distractions with, with Jackson State and all everything else was going on, you know, not, you know, <laughs> not surprising to me. I mean, you look at that defense, the way that they played against North Carolina Central, and you tell me if, the head was in the game. I'm talking about the coaches, not the players. Uh, being uh, a big uh, UT fan, uh, I don't think Hooker or uh, Huntley is the answer. I'd rather uh, Jameis Winston. I think with some coaching and getting Thomas and Lattimore back, we can be a winning team. Well, look, uh, Hendon Hooker, he can't find success in the NFL. It depends on like who's coaching him and uh, – you know, to me, I think that he's a, he's a solid guy. You know, I think that he's a solid guy. I think he'll make some plays. But I, I think that he'll probably end up becoming what you probably want him to be. But he's not going to be that from the from the jump. Like, you have to put some – you have to put a team around him. Uh, he's a guy that really honestly doesn't make those many mistakes. So, I think that that's a plus. You know, he's a guy that's very careful with the football. But he can also make plays with his legs. And he can also – uh, you know, throw a nice little ball down the field. Uh, but you know, I, I just think that it's about who you have coaching. Is is, is he going to give you the type of success that you seek? But I don't, I don't think he will give it to you right away. I think that he would probably, I think he'll probably take him probably like two or three years to give give be like the sole reason why a team is 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 winning consistently by maybe facilitating comebacks or. You know, being able to run, you know, no up tempo type uh offense. Uh Saints win, Messi wins, chosen uh gonna be a daddy, uh, not a bad Sunday. Uh Tim, uh, thank you very much for the five dollars. Okay, congratulations to you, chosen. I wonder why everybody was saying congratulations to you. Uh, you know, but yeah, congratulations to you, man. Uh yeah, being a parent is uh is, is a great experience, you know. Having Paxton, you know, really changed my life and you know, it, it can be a little bit of a, uh, you know, headache a little bit at times. But, I mean, I wouldn't trade them for the world. It, it's a great thing to be a parent. Uh, when I travel, I love for all of us to meet up a State of the Saints podcast uh, gathering. Yeah, I mean, I would like that. I would like that, man. Roger Goodell got a nephew at JSU. Yeah. Yeah, he got a nephew at JSU, man. Uh, everybody was making a big deal about it, you know. Uh, I mean, I knew that, you know, I knew it, but I mean, I, I mean, I know he's probably he, he mostly plays on special teams, but yeah, that's one of the reasons why Roger Goodell was at the game. Then somebody made a joke that said, 
maybe the Saints may need to think about drafting his nephew. Maybe that'll help us with the, with the calls. <laughs> maybe if his nephew on the team, maybe he'll be more lax about the fines and the calls on the Saints. Hey, it may be something to explore. We are weak at safety, defensive end, D tackle, left guard, and left tackle. Well, look, left tackle remains to be seen because, I mean, Trevor Penning hasn't uh, had a large enough sample size, okay, for us to just say, oh, we suck, okay? I mean, the dude just got back, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But the left guard I'm looking at, uh, if you want to add depth to the left tackle position, like something was to happen to Trevor Penning or, you know, then, yeah, by all means. But but I, I made an interesting thought, I mean, notion. I was like, what if the New Orleans Saints moved Trevor Penning to the left guard position and maybe draft a left tackle, like get somebody, you know what I'm saying, as, as a left tackle, you know, to be, you know, outside, be outside. Because I feel like when it comes to like run support, I think that he's better. And I'm, I'm a little bit concerned at his size and his footwork going up against some of those small athletic uh, pass rushes. So that'd be something maybe the Saints may need to look at, but I don't know if they'll do it or not. I'm going to stroll down and take a few more, and then we're going to get up out of here, folks. Uh, it says, uh, do you think it's worth getting hopes up for a playoff bird? Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Nah, it ain't worth it, bro. <laughs> it ain't worth it. It, it, ain't, it ain't worth it, man. It ain't worth it. Like, just take it week by week and just be happy that you get the, get the dub and Feel a little good about yourself, man, but uh, I don't think that happened. State of the Saints squad should meet up in NOLA and wear a State of the Saints merch. I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm down with that. Um, but yeah, man, I definitely, man, I definitely want to. Uh, I, I wanted to do it this year. I wanted to do more traveling, but of course, y'all already know. Y'all already know, man. You know, I got the new job at the radio station, and it kind of just completely, you know, kind of put a little monkey wrench in my plans about wanting to travel and stuff like that, of course. But man, I want, I want to, you know, I want to be able to travel and be able to, you know, do shows in, in New Orleans and, uh, you know, man, be able to meet different, you know, different people that support the show. It, it was great. Like when I got an opportunity to go to Atlanta and go to the Falcons game and I'm running into people that say they support the show, how much they love the show. And I mean, it meant a lot to me. So I definitely wanted to do that, but, Man, maybe next year 2023 uh when they have another season i'll be able to you know do a little bit more traveling and be able to meet some of you you and, and put you know actual conversations and experiences uh to just uh words on the screen or just phone calls you know like sometimes you know it's it's amazing it's like almost like uh my guy uh shouts out to uh uh mike wheels uh mike wheels is the guy who does all my graphics he creates like all of my uh t-shirts uh you know logos and stuff like that and he's been doing my st my, my logos for like 10 years i never met him and the crazy thing about it is he stays in columbia which is like two hours away but i've never met him uh but i don't want it to be situations like that you know going forward i want to be able to you know interact with the people that that make this show so great uh you see do you think rashid shaheed has earned the number three spot for next year if he continues on this great path he's on well, look, I think that he's doing a really great job, but I don't want to take the I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. I don't. I, I look, I, I drank the Kool-Aid with, with Callaway. I drank the Kool-Aid with Hardy. I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm like, there's been guys that have come along and they've had solid seasons, and a lot of it has a lot to do with the, the element of surprise. 
do I feel like he has a, a lot of great skills and do he has really good upside? Absolutely. Do I feel like you can build on that? Absolutely. But it's all about what's the next step. Like how do you how do you get better? Right. When when people have film on you, when people have an opportunity to be able to scout you, and it's not just a surprise about oh Shahid number eighty nine out there when number eighty nine is a focal point. Like how are you able to rise above that? You know Callaway. Uh, we thought that he was going to be able to rise above that. He couldn't. Uh, Deontay Hardy. Uh, we thought that he was going to be able to rise above it. He couldn't. So I'm just going to take it uh, as as a guy who has really emerged to be uh, something special. Uh, hopefully he can take it to the next level, and we won't. Uh, you know, and we won't be having these conversations like a guy he has so much promise. What happened to him? You know, so let's see uh can we get uh the zest uh, walk uh let's see by uh who sucks let me see i don't know exactly what we're talking about here but <laughs> let's see tj do you think the saints will look for another option at backup running back after david johnson fumbled the ball well they already got you know benjamin they already signed him so they already got one so if they decide to move on from David Johnson, then you already got, you know, Benjamin. Hopefully he can hold on to the football because for the exception of Latavius Murray, everybody that they bring up in here seems like they have a, a serious case of the fumbleitis. Uh, let's see. Who that nation? My company has an event next spring called the Black in, uh, Black in the Day Early 2000 Hip Hop. Uh, uh, we will uh, play some of my interactive art games and there will be a costume uh, competition as well well look forward to seeing that man make sure that you keep us posted on uh make sure you keep us posted on the event and feel free to like let us know the updates on it uh half half off on your tickets if you support the state of the saints podcast as a member i, well, I appreciate that uh tj uh play that ooey okay uh let's see let me play that let me see if i can let me see. I think honestly, uh, chose. I think I might have taken that off, man, when I was trying to freshen up this. Yeah, I sure did. I'm gonna have to put it back, man. I'll put I have it for your next show. It, I, I had to like, um, I had to clear up some space uh, on this platform that I was using because it was taking up too much. Like, I had too many like sound bites and too much uh space, so I had to clear some stuff off. I had to take that off and try to put it back on, but I have it for your next show. So, I know a lot of people want to hear these joints, but. I have it for you next show. Uh, let's see. Let's all meet up in March sometime. State of the Saints gathering. Uh, it's sad that the highlight of the Saints season has been the State of the Saints. Nah, that ain't sad, man. That just means <laughs> that just means we pretty doggone good over here, man. We that just means that we 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 working hard. That's what that means, man. That's that's all. You know, I enjoy it. You know, I, to me, this is probably. This is probably the toughest season I've, I've ever had doing the State of the Saints podcast. Not because of anybody here. Um, I mean, man, it's a blessing to grow this show to what, is it, what it has become. But I'm a Saints fan at the end of the day, man. And just, man, being so emotionally invested in a team and then have to come here and talk about, you know, this team and how bad they've been throughout the season. Like, it, it has been tough, man, but. We here, man. We here. We got the victory today, so that's that's a good thing. See, follow us at Fix It Arts on IG and uh, take a look at, at the games on uh, fixitart.com. See, uh, do you think Philly will bench their starters by the time we play them? Um, 
Do I think do I think so? Um probably Yeah, probably. Uh especially since especially since the Cowboys lost today. Yeah, I I, re- I can see that because what they just won a division today, right? Let me see. Because what the Cowboys? Well, no. No, they got to win at least one more game. They got to they got to win at least one more game. So if they beat the Cowboys, they win a division. If they win if they if they win one more game, they then they're probably going to like they probably gonna sit their starters because the Cowboys lost today to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which gives them their fourth loss. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles won today, and they're thirteen and one. So if they're thirteen and one, if they win one more game, then they can't. It's impossible for them to lose four games, so they'll win the division. So if they if they lose to the Cowboys next this Saturday. And they end up winning one more game than they win a division. So maybe, you know, but I, I I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, especially it's not the last game of the season. It's the week before last, right? So it's not the last game of the season. TJ, what would you draft uh, look like if you were the Saints? Um, I mean, it would be – I could tell you what it would consist of. It consists of defensive linemen, quarterback, running back, another wide receiver you know those are some things i'll probably be looking at or um i'm probably looking in in you know free agency for another wide receiver that can that can come in and make plays but i would prefer the draft one i would prefer the draft one who's your nfl mvp tj um my nfl mvp is jalen hurts i mean how can you how can you go against a guy who has a team at 13 and one and has made so many great players with his leg and his arm you know now but if uh, joe burrow continues to you know play the way that he has you got to put him in a conversation but i don't think anybody is playing at a at a higher level right now or playing better football on a better team than jalen hurts i mean you got to give the credit where credit is due i mean he shocked the heck out of me uh do anybody else feel like this season flew by after seem like it took uh forever to get here honestly i i look I think that this season has been going on long. You know what I'm saying? I think it's been dragged out. It maybe has a lot to do with the fact that the Saints haven't been winning. Uh, makes it feel longer, but, I mean, look, I think we all just feel like this team needs to hit the reset button. So, yeah, I think that I think that's where we're at. Uh, the week is scheduled. Uh, chosen, it feels like uh, it's dragging on forever. Exactly, Barbara. That's how I feel. Um, it said the some guy says the Eagles remind me a lot of that Panthers team a few years ago. Yeah, I mean they really do. They really do, man. It just seemed like they they caught lightning in a bottle, and uh, you know they they riding the, what they say riding the edge of a razor blade. You know what I'm saying right now. I, I don't know if this. Well, I can't say that. I mean, you got yourself a young quarterback. You got yourself a franchise wide receiver. You got a good offensive line. You got a, a number five pick in the draft as of right now to build on what you already didn't got. So. I mean, this is can be sustainable success. We can see the Eagles winning games for years to come. Who knows? Uh, but thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. My final thought about the New Orleans Saints game. Uh, well, before I say that, let me go ahead and um and give you all the uh stats uh, of the game today. Uh Andy Dalton was 11 of 17, 151 yards, two touchdowns. So uh, he was sacked twice. He had a quarterback rating of 132.2. Uh, Taysom Hill uh, had threw the ball two times, 80 yards, one touchdown, 158.3, had a perfect quarterback rating. 
Alvin Kamara, 21 carries, 91 yards, uh, 4.3 average. Taysom Hill, 7 carries, 30 yards, uh, 4.3 yard average. David Johnson, uh, 4 carries for 12 with a 3-yard average. And then you have Rashid Heat, 3 catches, 95 yards, 31.7-yard average, 1 touchdown, had a longer 68. He had 4 targets, he caught 3. I mean, what more can you ask for for a guy like that? Then you have Jawan Johnson, who really stepped up. He missed last uh, last game, but he came back. He had four catches for 67 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he is second in the league right now among tight ends, uh, only to Travis Kelsey. So anytime you mention among Travis Kelsey in any category, you know it's something positive. Uh, well, once again, four catches, 67 yards, two touchdowns, had a long of 22. And uh, you have Chris Olave, three catches, 53 yards. Alvin Kamara, two catches, 13 yards. Adam Prentice, one catch for three yards. Uh, he also has a uh, fumble recovery by Bradley Roby in crucial situations. Shouts out to Justin Evans, uh, jarring that ball loose and, and great awareness by Bradley Roby. David Johnson had a fumble. Uh, Taysom Hill, uh, they, they count that, that little uh, missed exchange as a fumble. Uh, but, you know, of course, they, they got the ball back, turnover on down. So Demario Davis uh, led the team in tackles today. He had eight total, six solo uh, Marcus May had a really good, uh, solid game today. He had seven tackles. Uh, Shai Tuttle had seven. Uh, you also had the Honey Badger with six. Carl Granderson with six and a half of a sack. Alante Taylor had four. He had three pass deflections. I mean, un- incredible stuff right here. Dave Yamada had three, uh, three, well, four tackles. Pete Warner with four. Caden Ellis with four. Uh, Kentavia Street had uh, three tackles and one and a half sacks. Cameron Jordan had three tackles. Malcolm Rose with three. Tano Passio with two. Davenport with two. Uh, Roby, Sorensen, JT Gray, Justin Evans, Adam Prentice, Paulson Adebo, and Chase Hansen all had one tackle. Uh, my final thoughts about this New Orleans Saints team. Good to get the victory. Good to see that these guys are fighting to the very end. Uh, was it a perfect game? Absolutely not. Uh, but one thing that you need to know and one thing you need to realize is uh if you're going to uh go into the offseason it's best for you to go go swinging and uh they they're, they're trying to do what they can to try to must up some wins uh as they as they switch gears to the game versus the cleveland browns they got to continue to win uh, as of right now as the making of this podcast they still got a shot at the playoffs uh everything that happened that needed to happen for them has happened on today uh and if they continue to try to win who knows what's going to happen um me personally i feel like it's a long shot uh but nevertheless uh you know good to see that these guys actually got the victory as they move forward uh versus the cleveland browns but thank you all so much for checking out the state of the saints podcast feel free to comment down below like and share this video previous episodes available on apple podcast spotify iHeartRadio, and anchor fm you can follow the State of the Saints podcast on Facebook, facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at TJAY Jones 8. Till next time, all I got to say is who that?